Welcome back to Through the Rabbit Hole podcast with Huda and Sara. Uh, we're finally back with a new episode after uh, a literal year has passed. Uh, hopefully these will be more regular in the future. In this episode, we will be talking about uh, overthinking in general and as it relates specifically to uh, aspects of our past experiences. And if you know me, you know that overthinking is such an integral part of my personality that it's virtually, especially in the last two years, has taken over every particle of my being, every aspect of of how I think about life and decision making and basically how I spend my time. And so I guess I'll just go and jump right into it and quite literally fall down the rabbit hole and ask you, Huda, if you have any advice for me on how to deal with this horrible, horrible affliction. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I have the same, I have the same problem, actually. I have the same problem a lot of the time. Oh, no. um, it's like I the know, blind exactly. leading the blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, guess, I guess we can start by breaking it down. Like, when you overthink... I mean, give me an example of what you've been overthinking about recently. Right. So there's like different different types. So the first type is just this honest to God fear of the future. Like the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not in full control. So I just mm. feel that like my life is a domino effect. So like if I move the glass, then someone's going to die. You know what I mean? Like just this complete mm. crazy insane I mean I am diagnosed bipolar and OCD so it's kind of like natural but probably that's also like me talking myself into this craziness but also like mm. I keep thinking that my actions mean more than they are and if I if I say something out of the blue or if I comment on something or if I have an effect on someone's life in some way it's gonna domino effect to where like I virtually ruin them you know what I mean like I keep thinking if I say a comment to someone at work and they react in a certain way where I didn't quite mean it that way it'll sort of like have a ripple effect where like okay and now we've lost a new deal do you know what I mean like it's just mm. I feel like I don't have any control so I ever think I overthink my day-to-day -day actions from just like a simple text to what I say mm. to what I do in my day to like certain mm. events where it's like okay um, and then and then there's like the obsessive thinking where it's like if I forget to do something I feel like oh I was meant to forget to do this thing because now it's gonna lead to this worst case scenario I don't like mm. I don't know okay you know what I mean like if I if I yeah. forget to check the wheels on my car and then like I just roll on with my day I I think okay well I forgot to check them because something's gonna happen like oh, the wheel's gonna blow up and I'm just gonna end up in a ditch somewhere you know what I mean okay so that's yeah. one aspect right of just complete crazy overthinking and the other right. aspect is just always thinking of the worst possible scenario for everything so I would have like a b c d e f g of like everything that can go wrong and okay yeah. okay I, I think... don't know if any of that was like coherent to this yeah <laughs> No, no, no. It's perfectly coherent, actually. I think most. I think. I think the not in control, like pattern. I think that happens with everybody, including me. Because the thing is, 
Um, I think part of being anxious, um, it sounds like a lot of your anxiety comes from dealing with people. Oh my That's God, what it sounds like. No like, you're, like people are unpredictable um, or even if they aren't unpredictable, um, you aren't in a place where you're able to um, maybe read the personalities properly. And not only that, I think it's also feeling like it's like this overwhelming sense of accountability where you feel like everything you do is like a, such a big weight on your shoulders that if you do the do it the wrong way or say, oh, you know, whatever else or do the wrong thing, then it's so true. That, that is. 100%. Yeah. That, yeah so I feel like also like I put a lot of pressure on myself to like be a good human and be a good Muslim woman and all that and like Mm -hmm. the unpredictability of people is just it throws me off my game like I wake up and I'm like I'm not gonna gossip I do not gossip I don't want to say anything Mm -hmm. I don't want to back I don't want to do this and then I show up at work and someone says like such a horrible mean comment about someone's appearance and then Mm -hmm. now I'm overthinking like okay if I tell them off they're going to think I'm an a-hole and they're going to like, you know, be mean to me. And then if I don't tell them off, then am I partic- participating in this? And it's it's a, an endless cycle of not just like at work with friends as well. Like, oh no, so, so-and-so said this comment. Why didn't I stop it? So-and-so did this. Why didn't I do, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I get you. I think, I think that's the thing. I think we see, because it happens to me a lot. And what I tend to do is I withdraw. Um, and like totally I'm not even talking about that particular scenario what happens to me a lot is I just kind of malfunction and I shut down um, and it's not because I think people are crap it's actually quite the opposite it's more so like what you mentioned which is like I feel like I can't I feel like I can't take control over my actions almost so I can't come to a decision I can't take the initiative to decide on mm-hmm. it's like I can't take the initiative to decide on who I'm going to be but I think that I think well I guess you can break it down so if we're not feeling like we're in control I feel like that's in large part because we aren't like if you think about it okay when you I don't know um I don't know so when you're going in your car yeah you go you decide to drive your car you only have full control over certain aspects of that experience right you don't really have control over a lot of stuff and I guess life is similar like that you're driving your car you might like I don't know hit a curb okay Mm. what happens after that in large part in terms of how if the car is still is still functioning and you're able to move then you just keep moving I think once you, if you like hit a curb and then you break down your car and start crying, <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's, yeah, then no, that yeah, just yeah. makes things everything worse and you're climbing yeah, up the and road and it's a nightmare. I yeah. understand. Like, I understand you 100%. And that's, that's part of the reason why I really am annoyed at my overthinking because I do know mm. that when it comes down to it, it's not going to be like, even when the worst of the worst scenarios happens. I'm not gonna be affected because that's how I rolled with the punches in the past you know and that's why I hate it I'm like why am I worried about it now when in fact if it did happen I'm just gonna be like oh okay (laughs) would you say that you're like would you would you say that a lot of your I don't know like these worst case scenarios would you say that a lot of it is to do with what people might how how, like people's reactions to you or how people feel I think 100% literally hit it on the what's the saying hit it on the nail 
I think mm-hmm. it's living in this country, Huda. It's just everyone controls uh. everyone else's narrative. And that's such a worrying thing for me because I don't know why I feel like I have to control how I'm seen to other people. And if yeah. like any event happens where like that's misconstrued, I'm just like, oh no, <laughs> what to do now? What to do mm. now? Like how to correct that? Even if like, if you've done some mistakes in the past and those people are walking around with that version of you, it just irks sure. me to the core. And I feel like I spend all of my days trying to correct that. And I'm like, well, why? Why do you care? And that brings me to what you said about not the the issue on being you know, on actually knowing and wholeheartedly being convinced with the fact that humans in general are not in control and we're never meant to be in control. And that's Mm. how I'm dealing with it recently in the past months where I'm trying to solve it in terms of having tawakkul. And having tawakkul is easy when you say it, when when you wake up and you say, you know, ad'ayt al-sabah and you're you're saying... Mm. um, all the uh, du'as and remembrance and 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 things that you have to do to 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 bring tawakkul to your tongue but mm. if it's not in inside you if it's not in your being if like the butterflies in your stomach are not calming when you keep thinking oh what's going to happen here what's going to do that if you don't completely have final faith in Allah that everything is going to be well if not okay but they're going to be uh, with the rahmah and the lutuf of Allah, then mm. you're not really practicing tawakkul, and it's not easy. It's so hard. It's like I always compare it to like um, I've had like severe iron deficiency my whole life and like mm. um, low blood count and whatever. So when I was trying to fix it, I would have to take these like six-hour IV drips of iron. And they would actually physically hurt, right? So, like, sometimes fixing a deficiency actually hurts. Like, mm. everything hurts, you know? It wasn't like, oh, let's just take iron pills. It'll be fine. Like, okay, it was fine at the end, but it actually hurt till you got there. And that's what I think mm. about, like, practicing tawakkul and sabir and all the stuff that yeah. the Quran and Allah and Islam tells us to practice is that it truly is a practice and this practice is going to hurt. Like, it's very hard to just well let's say you're Mm. expecting a very important shipment in a month and Mm. it keeps being delayed and you're trying to have complete faith that it will get here and nothing's going to happen and you're going to be fine and and the patients that are waiting for these items are going to be okay saying it to yourself is different than practicing and just saying okay calm down have faith in Allah um say all your da'as say pray and and just focus on this and it's not always easy because you're still going to have the freak out moments the panic attacks no 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 but if you keep on remembering it's just mm. going to at some point where it's like khalas whatever happens happens you're completely in the hands of Allah yeah i think yeah i think, I think you've uh, about it. yeah i think you've said that pretty well i think that's a really big part of it a lot of it is the test of iman and I think the only because the thing is I don't think there is any guarantee that what's the word like everyone's flawed Mm. do you see what I mean so even in the best case scenario you meet something that's amazing that person's flawed so you can't you know that's why I think it's and I'm saying this as a reminder to myself as well because I what the experience that you have is very similar I guess to the experience that I'm having yeah yeah yeah. Um, 
and has been for quite like on and off for quite a few years. I think it's it is in large part to do with Tawakul and I think that accounts for so many different anxieties that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think also it's important to separate the fact the issue of anxiety to the fact that life can be pretty unpleasant. And I think that's yeah. a I think that's a big thing that nobody really wants to talk about. Everyone's mm. treating this life as though it's an akhirah almost because they want this mm. life to be as smooth as possible. And if everything's going well, it means that Allah approves of you. That's kind of what I hear a lot. I think mm. we forget mm. what the point of this life is in the first place. And that's I think that, I mean, I think that's a very large reason for why, for example, I think that's a large reason for why we would be worried about this, number one. Yeah. But I think also... Yeah. It's just an it's a problem with society in general. Like I don't mm. think that people, like when when people when somebody like outside of yourself, somebody that you observe is going through something difficult, and mm. we see them come up, come out of the other side, or you know however else you want to phrase it, and you think, oh wow, you know, the Allah tested it. Like we know how to we know the rhetoric and we understand the concept of it, but we're so scared mm. of it in our own lives. We're scared to lose any money. We're scared to lose anybody. Yeah we're scared you know we actually have this huge aversion to difficulty and I don't know if that's also a first world or like a privileged position probably but yeah I mean it's a really big issue I think that's why also like we're taught all this uh, dhikr where it's like um Mm. we say it every single day in the morning and in Mm. the afternoon where it's like Mm. and that's essentially exactly what you're saying is like this dunya was never meant to be objective it's never meant to be why you're learning why you're doing why you're working i understand 100% but i think that's the thing so say for example in uh in one scenario you somebody is somebody forgets themselves for your benefit of the doubt and they gossip about somebody mm. yeah and you're there and let's say that in that moment you decided that the right thing to do was to shut down a conversation and not ignore mm. it yeah that is i, th- I don't think that's a, a bad move now say that person doesn't react well in the moment yeah okay so they don't react well in the moment but i mean my sister said this to me quite a few times and you know i think she has a point that person might not react well in the moment but in the long term you don't know what that, how that could affect somebody in terms of like okay. as a good reminder, and it can better them, and they'll they could actually whether they're thankful to you or not, not even that they should be thankful, but you know what I mean, they yeah. might end yeah. up being very thankful for that moment because we all. I think if you come at it from also the point of view that we all can forget ourselves, it happens, yeah, and I think true. it's important for every for us to regulate each other almost. Um, that's very true. Although I would be but, obviously, there's a way of doing it as well because I've done it in a way where I'd be where it wasn't the best thing. Well, not I don't know that's exactly what I was gonna say because yeah. sometimes I have this like just word vomit where it's like, why did I just say what I just said and how did yeah. it come out in this? And then like, okay, so you've stopped a gossip or a gossip session. <laughs> it's backfired. Yeah, yeah. And then you went back and like before you sleep, now you're overthinking of like 
oh my God, I'm such a horrible person because I've made that person feel like crap. And I'm just so sorry. Mm. I never meant to make them feel bad. And, you know, it's just like, but that's the thing. I think there's, I think there is a way, I think we should think through how we deal with it. Cause I've done this, basically I was in this scenario before where Mm. I had at my old, old job, I had, um, I was working just to clarify it's not just like a bunch of English people that I'm like <laughs> they're talking about it's them too um, but um, it was my first day okay and I was I don't know maybe I was a moody git that day I'm not really sure but my manager was um, started saying things about our colleagues who I haven't met I haven't really spoken to yet in in mm. another country in, in our offices in another country so I was like why are you telling me this and okay. yeah. obviously and I said this to him in front of uh, in front of the other two people in the company basically or in our branch mm. and he was like um I think he was a bit taken, taken aback um mm. he was a bit surprised and I, the thing is, a large part of that, I think, was to do with my demeanor. Although later okay. on, it was really interesting. Later on, he came to me and he was like, I should have not said anything to you. Because if, I, okay. if I'm if i right, then you'll see it yourself anyway. And I won't have to okay. say it. That's great. That's like a success yeah. story. Of like, it, it was. It was. And that was a good case scenario. Because to be honest, the way that I said it, I like mm. I, he, we were, he was talking about how men are you know the issues that you had with them and I was like where's HR and he's like in Tarisha Finn Finn HR Finn <laughs> he's like he's trying to give you HR <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> yeah he's like do you see the size of the company who HR would be who would they be dealing with and anyway so obviously <laughs> that but then that's how it got a bit yeah obviously I mean when I look back at it the way I it could have been better is Maybe if I took him to the side or I didn't make my point in front of the mm. other two people in the office. There's always a way that you can improve. Yeah. But I guess the first step is to, you know, that was one of the few cases, I think, where I actually said something. Yeah. And I think it was the right thing to do for everybody. But at the same time, I mean, in the job place that I'm in now, <laughs> it's also the the wavelength. A lot of the people that I work with now, for example, we're not on the same wavelength socially or religiously or, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of so like, if like, I them, yeah but it's not like the principles differ with every person so mm-hmm. the easy the, I, mean, I guess the easy thing to do is for me not to engage yeah. but I mean I guess you just have to read the scenario but also you just don't you really don't know how somebody can react yeah sometimes it can backfire sometimes not yeah know? but just like very the way I've <laughs> hacked the system kind of is like Whenever anyone says mm. anything, I just try to just overload the conversation with good comments about that person. Mm. But then oh, it yeah, just it just ends in awkward silence, and I'm like, oh my god, I oh, know, <laughs> I hate silence. <laughs> no, but that means you. That's kind of a good sign, though, isn't it? Maybe. It means you kind of, you know, nip it at the bud almost, so nobody got embarrassed. Yeah. They probably feel embarrassing themselves. But, yeah, you know. and, and that's the thing about like when, I mean, culturally in, 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 in our society, I mean, 
gossip or like discussing other people's affairs is such an integral part mm. of like what small talk is or what like a conversation is expected to look yes. like yeah. that when you keep shutting yeah, it yeah. down they just kind of exclude you from anything else and I mean I mean it's mm. fine because like I thrive in solitude but also I don't know <laughs> would, would you say that you're I mean I mean you're introverted you would describe yourself as right you describe yourself in that way no I feel like yes actually yes I would I feel like I have my moments yeah. like I would have like a day where like I feel like such a socialite and like <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I'm so extroverted and then that would be enough yeah. for a whole year where it's like I just saw myself <laughs> outside of myself and I'm like no like every I, organ yeah. inside me is struggling <laughs> and then I just go back into my hole you know <laughs> I get you I get you I think that's I mean I guess it's a spectrum right but I guess that sure. sounds similar to me um and a lot of the time like at this uh, job I'm in now mm. they're all they all said that I'm extroverted and I started laughing and I thought wow I lied to you <laughs> you don't even know who I am <laughs> what a mess I, I was like what <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and I was like damn okay how, how am I coming across and um, seen but <laughs> <laughs> but I can but, see yeah, it's, um, how you're extroverted jokes. at times like I feel like you're very extroverted when you're like because you have a lot of things you're good at and I feel like when you're in your element you can just override all the introversion buttons inside you that are like pinging and you can just Um, I mean, you seem like you're very confident and very outwardly spoken. So, but that's, that's but why it's amazing because it's, it's such a lie. <laughs> yeah, it, that's the thing. It's um, well, it's very interesting because we all have different facets to ourselves as well, right? And I don't think we take that into account as well when we're dealing that's with ourselves true. or when we're dealing with other people. Complex so I think being. you kind of have like this. Exactly. Like I think it's like. Yeah. You have, I don't know, there's this what we have a certain idea of ourselves, right? We treat it like a book almost, mm. like we're the, we're the main characters of our own book. We've described ourselves in our minds, so we think we know who we are, right? Yeah. But yeah. actually, that's a very malleable concept, really, who you are and who everyone else is. Wow, that was, and I think, that was well, that, that, that was really else. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. I think also that. You know, because we, because most people see themselves in that way, right? So, like in a static way. So, when you're dealing mm. with other people, it's obviously the longer you know somebody, the more they reveal about themselves, right? But I think we're also expecting that to be consistent when mm. we aren't. I don't think we, the human condition isn't consistent. That's the point. That's true. That's true. And so I just I think when the overthinking doesn't help. But yeah, go on. I just like speaking of overthinking, now I'm overthinking like the bit about gossip mm -hmm. and I just want to like go back and set a disclaimer where it's like I'm not perfect. I try to be very good, but in the past, mm -hmm. trust me, I have been the one to like just say stuff and then be like, why did I just say that about that person? That was gossip, yeah. that was that was Namimi, that was a stirabe, whatever. And then I go back and repent and do all that stuff and then sometimes the cycle repeats so like we're not perfect as is but you know yeah just... we all do it especially right. when we're dealing when we're in a situation where like that's the thing also it depends on for me how involved I am in the situation mm. it's easy for you to kind it's easy for anybody to kind of take that role 
when you aren't that invested in the situation or you weren't really involved with the people in it. But I think mm. once you are involved in that circle or there's more of an emotional attachment or what have you, mm. that's when your reflexive reactions come in. And that yes. can involve gossiping, it can involve anything else. That's and so that's the true. test, right? And that's that's how yeah. I want to bring it back to practice where Islam has it's such a, good. like, it's such a, I don't know, it, 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 it has a very, very huge focus on the idea of practice where it's something that's done numerous times during the day and hmm. and I completely understand why because that kind of remembrance or constant practice of something is what puts you in alignment hmm. where when something happens you don't react based on emotion or impulse or whatever or it's not just you know word vomit it's like hmm. It's like it it equips you. Yeah, you're equipped yeah. with the right tools to be like, okay, what does my faith tell me to do right now? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think part a very large part of that is self awareness. But I guess that comes back to the overthinking part, yeah. where I mean, too much of anything is not a good thing. <laughs> so that's I guess true. that's the point where it's it's like trying to train yourself cognitively to stop at the point where it doesn't benefit you anymore it just does the opposite because you know reflection and whatever is good for you I mean that's otherwise what's the point of being alive but that's true I think I think there's this I don't know about you but I have like this innate understanding that this yeah this innate understanding that a lot of if I don't make sure of something and don't think it through Mm. to the death then Mm it's most likely going to go wrong and then if I don't do and if I'm numb to that and I'm just so tired and I can't do it then I then I become impulsive and then Mm. it all backfires do you know what I mean so it's there has to be some kind of middle ground and then do you have that thing as well where like if you feel like you haven't over over thought about something that it's gonna go bad because you didn't overthink it yeah, yeah, yeah where it's like oh yeah, yeah. I think that's the attachment to the I think that's part of the habitual aspect of it yeah if you've been doing something for so long and you don't do it yeah then you're expecting it to backfire that's it's yeah. just um it's like it's like having a like showing up to the airport without checking my flight time mm-hmm. like 50,000 times already and checking if I have my passport 500,000 times if I don't do that I'm like yeah. where is it gonna go horribly wrong because I haven't done that you know what I mean it's like I think that's it's hard it's I mean it well yeah I mean it can be yeah if it's beyond a certain point then obviously yeah I I guess you have a lot of experience more more experience with that side of things than I do but I think um but I mean for me it can I mean the danger is also when I think it's it's the discipline, I guess. There has to be an aspect of discipline where you can exactly. kind of restrict the habits that you've been doing for so long or the things that come more naturally to you because I think this is also a very big reason for why people spiral and they become quite, um, and I don't know if I should be using the word depressed, but that is, yeah. I feel yeah. like that can happen a lot of the time. Yeah. It's like um, it's about taming the soul as well, you know, which is what you said about discipline. Mm. And just using the tools mm. that you have to deal with the situation where it's like, how do you stop overthinking? You have to work good. And then mm. how do you stop overthinking a bad scenario or like a, something that didn't go your mm. way is having sober patience. And how do you get to that point of having it 
as true complete faith and not just because I know you always say like mm-hmm. and other du'as where it's like okay now I've said my tawakkul prayers but at the end of the day if it's not calming your soul inside it's not really hitting home because how can you just say it and not believe yeah. it and then once you get to that point and I'm saying it hurts it's not going to happen it's not going to click in in two days two weeks even two months sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a whole year for it to just click and have complete faith in Allah and how things turn out and then if things don't turn out your way to have sabr and always say alhamdulillah for the good outcomes and the bad outcomes mm-hmm. because also like how do you contr- how do you define what bad is i mean we don't have complete knowledge of pre-eternal history and what's going to happen after and we haven't seen ilm al and we don't know our stories so like mm-hmm. you can't necessarily say something is bad for you because you don't you haven't seen all four corners of the picture so um Mm. I think that happens with practice that happens with praying five times a day doing the nawafil of praying your sunnah um, fasting on, on, on days where you can uh, even when you don't have to um, mm-hmm. you know doing I think all of that just I, I, brings it I all think in. I think the motive I mean the, the issue with, that I have have and I've, I've seen this <clears throat> multiple times with other people as well mm. Is that people cognitively? I think you. Well, I kind of mentioned this anyway. People cognitively understand exactly what you've just said, and they know that that's what they need to do. Mm. But it's like they don't understand why they're not able to do it. And yeah. I think a really big reason for that is, uh, what you're surrounding yourself with. Okay. I think if you okay. like, you have to start from the ground up, right? You can't go from zero to a hundred. It's mm. not necessarily realistic, which is why a lot of the time when you make that du'a. Mm. and it's not really sinking in and you don't see yourself reinforcing that during the day there's a reason for that and that's usually because what you what you have at your core and what you're surrounding yourself with and what comes to you reflexively isn't actually in that diet that you've practiced Mm. Mm. so if you are if you're I mean if you're praying five times a day Mm. cool you're praying five times a day okay but when you're praying what exactly are you thinking about and in between each prayer what exactly are you doing when you finish praying what do you go back to doing yeah if you're or like when you're watching stuff and you're watching stuff a lot during the day or you're listening to all sorts of stuff what is in the content that you're mm. internalizing because mm. you don't you think you might just be watching a netflix series mm. you aren't mm. it's actually a lot deeper than you think it is it's not you know mm. it's 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 these small things and it's also what and how often you do these things that you don't even understand because that's how it clicked for me because i used to like be like okay well i would think i would be i would have a close relationship with allah because you know okay i would pray Mm. all that stuff like do the extra da'a, mm. whatever. But at the same time, like I wasn't mm. making an effort to pray sunnah. Uh, fajr prayers would sometimes mm. be missed. Um, mm. I would like listen to music nonstop, especially like not the best kind of music where it's like filthy rap music. <laughs> and mm. then yeah, I had this, or like, you know, watch like really crap shows that are just so mind numbing or like stuff that would mm. have like mm. um, things that like Islamically you're not even allowed to see or you know because they're not good for the soul mm. or just ideas mm. that are not very um healthy for a spiritual journey and then I was like well of course I'm like such a an emotional wreck because 
how do I expect to have that, you know, epiphany of complete faith when I'm praying? Okay, but as well, like I'm doing all that stuff and inside a Muslim's brain, those two things do not have room. Like there's not enough space. So if you're listening to music, it won't have enough space for Quran to just resonate with you. And you honestly, there's no solution other than just to stop, just completely cut it out. And um, shout out to Sam Yusuf because homeboy like made it easier because just like, <laughs> for me as like a person that's always thinking, I just need stuff to like calm my mind down. So I always have like music mm. in the background. So the fact that I had that kind of option where it's like spiritual music, mm. it was just such a godsend. But to a testament to mm. what you said, it would never click if you're if you're doing the dunya with the akhirah, it will never. You, yeah. if, if you're still on your same kind of uh, vices, there will never be enough room for the light of God ever. It's just how it is. Like there's no exception. There's no way around it. If you're telling yourself that you're okay and you're handled and you're a liar, like I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think everything you said is totally on point. I think the, I think it's also kind of doing things mindfully. So, okay, before you go and you turn on your music, look at what you're listening to and then mm-hmm. replace it. I think it's replacing yeah. your habits. I think when you think, at least for me, I know this happens to me all the time. If I cut things off, that means I don't think of the next step and then I'm sat down like, huh? <laughs> and then I kind of, you fall into the habit. Exactly. exactly, yeah. Like it's, it becomes way more tempting. I think it's... um what is it idle hands are the way of the devil or something they say in english i think it's it's um it's replacing things bit by bit habitually and then before you know it things happen but i think because obviously when you start doing one thing as well it's got more of a ripple effect so when you are praying mindfully and then you you like then you consciously go and you think about the fact that you're going to turn on Netflix and you're going to go Mm. watch something Mm. yeah and you're doing it mindfully and you already know that okay you just started reading like memorizing a page of Quran a day for example Mm. and you're doing that mindfully when you go and you watch Netflix you're going to feel like a hypocrite we're not Mm. we human beings aren't we don't deal well with cognitive dissonance we don't deal well with thinking one thing and doing another we we can't do that it's not the best thing that's so true so the more consistent you are with certain habits and the more you actually think through what you're doing before you do it Mm. it tells you more about yourself because also if you're at a point where okay you've become mindful and then you're like so what and you make excuses for yourself and you do it that's all that also tells you what state you are in Mm. you know sometimes it's not just about it is about the result sometimes it's not about the way you get there sometimes the result says a lot you know, and I think that's part of why introspection is really important. But the problem that we're talking about is when it's introspection to the point of no benefit. And I think that in large part make that's why for me, if I'm listening to a lot of music, that means something's off. Mm. That means that I need to shut my brain off. I've got too much noise mm-hmm. in my brain. That's what happens to me anyway. So that so means that my overthinking is too far. So it's like a diagnostic tool of like, okay, so which vices am I holding on to now? So that that's how you you're gonna figure out how to not spiral. Yeah, exactly. What you're like about if to spiral to. my yeah, like my mind just spirals. It's overthinking, and I feel like I'm, there's so much noise. It's like mm. my mind's like a constant scribble. Like I I really struggle to filter through it. 
Mm. And that's when the overthinking, it's like it's almost out of control. And I've, I thought it was just me that used to do this because mm. I've been doing this on and off for years. And then I, and the thing is, if the music that I listen to, um, for the most part, to be honest, it's not even that it's inappropriate, but the thing is, it's then the danger that I have with music mm. is it's not so much like say okay you're not listening to the lyrics are fine mm. there's nothing really bad about what's going on mm. but there's something about the like energy a, that's like a good in the music with <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah like it's not it's not that it's even it doesn't have to be outright gross or something mm. off mm. but I think the the way the the way that a song's been written and the intention that it's been written with, mm. I think that comes through in the song. So for the most part, the music that we listen to are not written by practicing Muslims, right? Mm. Yeah. I think that comes across and the effect happens. Mm. So it's not doesn't have to necessarily be about sleeping with this person, going to the club, or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't mm. have to be about that. Mm. It can have it can come about in a different way where you are in your feelings all the time. That that's what music so is. That is so true. That is so true. It's dangerous, yeah. you know. But yeah, I, I remember talking to a friend and she just mentioned it out of the blue because she was going through a rough time and she was saying how she can't stop listening to music because mm. she wanted to, you know, she was like, I just Dumb don't want to think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. She was overthinking and I thought, wow, okay, so that's that's more common than I thought. But I think mm. that's the thing. If you can sit in silence, sometimes it's really sobering, which comes down to the solitude thing. Yeah. But... I know. I mean, I know that you enjoy your solitude God, quite a lot. You find it. find it calming. Yes. What would you say to those that don't know how to do it? That well, they don't know how to be in solitude. They really struggle with it. I don't know. Here's the thing, like, because sometimes I don't know if like the way I live my life is valid for everyone else. Because like sometimes <laughs> I genuinely do feel like I'm crazy, like <laughs> just like mm. crazy, crazy witch, right? So I mean, it's there's just so much going on in my head where it's like I can just keep myself preoccupied for ages with like just genuine like I would have a con well not on like a back and forth conversation but I mean like I can genuinely like if there's um political discussion that I would want to go through I would just go through with, with it with myself do you know what I mean or if mm. it's like a book that's very much on the scene I would just discuss it through myself and that's how it just like becomes self-sufficient where it's like you you don't need another person to talk at because I'm just talking at myself and and I've just gotten it out of the system like where like I have to voice my opinions and I have to do this and I have to do that and then just have your niche um hobbies and stuff where it's like perfect for solitude like I collect rocks and I can do that by myself at any time and it's such an enjoyable aspect of life where it can be I can be silent for five hours and it would feel like two minutes and you know with like pottery throwing or uh, clay molding or archery all that stuff is just you know the playbook of 101 101 solitude how to be by yourself 24 7 and mm. also mm. I think balance the key to solitude is knowing when to bring yourself out of it and go see someone you like and hang out with friends and then know when to just say no to certain outings and come back into that shell so 
Hmm. it's it's a learning curve and it's not always healthy because sometimes like you can build up a lot of stuff in your brain where it's like crazy town and you just need another person to tell you you're being crazy so then that kind of makes the thought go away but yeah Hmm. I think the key to solitude is focus on creating like what what you like creating or what you like let's say collecting or um even writing or even like probably well actually I don't know like if if solitude is just watching Netflix and binge eating maybe that's not the best but I don't know Mm. I think how about you do you feel like sometimes you just recluse yeah, my whole life is a recluse. Actually, everyone makes jokes about it. <laughs> my husband makes <laughs> jokes about it. Everyone, everything is a joke. But the thing is also, I mean, so in my situation, I work remotely as well. Right? Mm, so mm. everything I do is, uh, like, I don't. my life isn't very well compartmentalized. A lot of stuff happens just within my house. All the different activities that I do and whatever. Okay, um, so you have control over and, the environment, basically, most of the time yeah yeah exactly so I think and to be honest uh I mean you know I I do go even if when I wasn't working from home or where I was going to uni or I was going to a job outside I do often shut down Mm. quite a lot so then I go when I go home then I just zone out and and that can happen for quite a long time like even if I'm forced to go to work or I'm forced to go to uni or whatever socially Mm. I'm zoned out and I go home and I don't talk to anybody and that's Mm. um it's like you're well that's the thing when exactly yeah and it's people uh I've had a lot of friends that get upset about it um and that's also fuels part of I guess the overthinking and the social anxiety when it's time to kind of quote-unquote be sociable again or when Mm. I need to be turn myself on again okay um so when I uh so when it is time to reach out to that person that I haven't spoken to in a while, it's uh, a very difficult experience because uh, it's not, that's the thing. It, it's not, I don't go there expecting them to fully get it or for them to be okay with it because it's mm. understandable and everyone has their own needs from their friends and whatever, but you, you know, I end up feeling like I'm falling short when the way I'm functioning might not seem to, dis- might seem dysfunctional to them, mm. but but it's perfectly I, normal for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't. And my understanding of, also my understanding of friendship or socializing or whatever has mm. changed over time. So, I tend to need. It sounds really strange, but I tend to need myself a lot more. I need to sit mm. and be with myself a lot more than I used to, and it's. Uh, socially, for me, I've become less and less tolerant of Mm. certain things that I'm listening to and it can be in friendship circles or work circles Mm. or whatever Mm. but I because I'm noticing this change in myself as well it's like I haven't caught up I see I realize that oh this is how I'm feeling about it right and oh I'm I'm changing from the way I used to like you didn't get the memoir or something exactly yeah and obviously it's like a delayed reaction and then people notice that you're changing and that can also make people uncomfortable and in my case as well once I got married uh, a lot of changes happened after that because it's a yeah. it was a big life change for me but it's right because now you like, it's like if you don't kind of go out of yourself to be 
outward expressive stuff then maybe it's kind of selfish mm. you know because or like in terms of like exactly. including another person in your planning process I mean that's just not in my even like realm of, of thinking <laughs> I would understand yeah. why like for you it would be an adjustment where like okay now it's like you have to think in two sometimes yeah exactly and it's also like when you're because the thing is what was really funny for me is uh what I would see online or even what friends would talk about or I'd hear from uh my sister and whatever it was never what what happened when I got married I'd never heard from anyone else before I did well, not not only that when I decided to get married and how things went from there and and mm. I'm not even talking about the person that you're marrying I'm talking about you and yourself it's mm. such a sobering experience and there's so much discomfort around it and I spoke to a few other friends that were getting married at the same time and subhanallah they were telling me the same thing before I even mm -hmm. mentioned it to them mm. they were saying it was the same thing for them and they were dealing with anxiety and whatever and then once they got married you're once you're married as well you're uh who you are uh because of the amount of time that you're obviously spending with your spouse and mm. you I mean you aren't on you you're not you're not just responsible for yourself anymore it's a completely different dynamic and I think for me it was like trying to match everything in the same vein so that, that it was also reassuring friends for example that I was still the same person right which is a very uncomfortable thing to do that's yeah. not uh I don't know why I, I don't know why I should be the same person regardless of whether I'm married or not. Yeah, why aren't we changing? Yeah, it's a bit yeah. strange. Um, no, I always say that, that it's, I'm the yeah. same person I was a year ago. I would feel like I've wasted a whole year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not the same mm. person. And moreover, when your circumstances, like when you're in when you were in the UK, for example, studying, mm. your circumstances were way different than when you were in Jordan. And when you moved back to Jordan, things oh. changed. And you had to change with it. You know, oh, it's. Bro. But that's how you survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you find a way to survive, you know? And I think it's the same thing. So I've started to retreat into myself more. And I used to feel very bad about it because you mm. feel like you're responsible to other people. Mm. And that's part of my issue with overthinking. Mm. But at the same time, but not at the same time, now I'm in that space where I don't feel bad about it. I'm hoping people can understand. But also if I'm not giving someone what they need as a friend or you know whatever else then and they don't want to they, you know they find it difficult to deal with me then that's the way that it is but I can't uh I know I know it, what you mean that's just if I'm finding solitude comforting then it is what it is and yeah. usually I do this all the time where like I sacrifice self-comfort for you know just pushing myself out of that solitude mentality because I, yeah. I always say you know Islam is a community oriented religion it's not individual yeah. based and if you're always like yeah. well it's about me and my comfort and what I want to do it's like kind of <laughs> just completely not yeah. contributing to that community building aspect of what we're supposed to be so, seeking it's such an American way of thinking by the way where it's like my therapist told me that if anyone yeah. <laughs> feeling I should block them or like you know exactly, I mean? yeah. that kind of cutthroat mentality where it's like me versus everyone else and sometimes it's not like that sometimes it's like no actually you have to have conversations that are uncomfortable with certain people because of who they are or like how they're connected to you or like you know what I mean because I, yeah. I don't know how to explain but I think you got my point no no I know what you mean sometimes it has to be spoken about but in my experience most people don't 
Because mm. also, some, the, what I've noticed is most people don't want, know, know what they're feeling when they're feeling it. Yeah, and that's why... This is something that you can observe, and, and so it becomes I... uncomfortable, and then if you bring it up, it's weird. Exactly, you know? and that's why I spoke about, like, just not thinking about yourself, where it's like sometimes you do have to bite the bullet and not push a conversation and just get over it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Whereas, but if, that's whereas thing, someone else would have just completely cut off that person. It's like, cause sometimes you can just ignore something and just move past it. I don't know. If it's not, you know, like that's what I think too. completely yeah. nightmarish, traumatic. I don't know. But also, like, what do I know? Yeah, like I, no, I think it's, I think what you're saying is reasonable, but that's the thing. I think also, I mean, for me, I mean, your everything, your relationships have to work around or work with what you are like as a person and I used to think that mm. uh, certain tendencies that I had were quote-unquote wrong and like I was talking to my dad and my dad is like you know not everything is right and wrong sometimes your personality just is your personality if you are x then you are x it doesn't have to be more than that mm, that's so true so sometimes it's trying to make something work not make something work it's trying to make something work in a way that isn't doesn't come naturally to you Mm. and also I think this part about islamically engaging with a community that's uh that's also when it comes I I think that's also obviously down to socializing whatever like go grab your coffee with your friends chill but I mean I think making I mean that that's also putting too much importance on something when because the thing is, when it comes down to it and something you need your friends or the community, it's necessary to deal with the community. Yeah. That's my understanding of it. Then you deal with it. Exactly. That we're not saying don't do that. But when it comes to, if you're not in that phase, you know, not in the right phase to go out for an outing. Yeah. Or you're really pushing yourself to yeah. socialize in a way that doesn't come naturally to you. Yeah, Surely that just true. makes everything worse. That's true. Right? And, and, and just to go back to your point where I completely agree with you, it's about like, you always select your friends and the people that you have around you to match your personality and not to change what's innate in you to adapt to the other. Mm. Whereas like my friends mm. completely know that like, I'm not going to be there for everything they plan. Like that's just, they know it now by now they know that like at times I would just go like two months on end where it's like barely any communication. And then like two weeks where it's like, I'm planning to see them every single day and they never mm. they never make it a point where it's like well that's a bad part on you they just understand that that's how I just deal with life sometimes and exactly mm. and of course you're not going to be like you're not going to have like 10 15 friends but whoever mm. needed that many friends in the first place anyways and I think that just I think that's like, part of it yeah it makes the friendship mm. more enjoyable because you're just completely on good terms in terms of what to expect from each other and I think Mm. that's a very good segue into the topic of our next episode where Mm. we're going to discuss probably friendships and relationships more both of which I'm not very good at if I'm honest I don't know oh my god dude I struggle so much to be good at them in general and this well going back to the overthinking thing yeah yeah for me that for me they're heavily intertwined the whole (laughs) issue like most of my most of my overthinking and my anxiety Mm -hmm. it debilitates my ability to actually have 
not functioning friendships, but the large reason why my friendships are functioning, it's not down to me. It's because of the people that I, they're the actual yeah. friends. They're so, they're so understanding of it, but I always feel like I fall short with my yeah. friends and it's, that's not the yeah, issue. It's the complete yeah, the thing- guilt that's with you 24 seven. Exactly. Like, yeah. I am the worst friend of the year award every single year. Like, like but that's but I do you know what my issue is the reason why I know that I'm a crap friend it's not even because of these tendencies that I mentioned mm. it's because I the guilt that we're talking about where I always feel like I'm falling short especially now because mm. you know where just the logistics where I live and my you know my circumstances and xyz mm. I know that I can't I know that I really struggle mm. and I don't a lot of the time I don't have time yeah to make time for them in the way that I really feel like they deserve yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same so then then it's like this feeling of it's like this feeling of planning all these different things and in a way the effort like in a way escapes me yeah and make but it's making them think exactly <laughs> like my, exactly my idea but it's of, also of a birthday like, gift is just like saying happy birthday and like do you want to go for a coffee or I don't know but like sometimes people expect such a grand gesture where it's like oh crap sorry was I supposed to think of that I'm but the, the thing is though for, I think that depends on the friend you're sorry because when you're talking about there are a lot of yeah, I mean it just depends because that's, like, that's what you like so it makes sense yeah but you like, know? if your friend likes that then are you supposed to put in the effort to just give that and if you don't are you a horrible friend or and it's not just you know it's yeah. something as benign as a birthday I don't know it could be like maladaptive to anything else but I I suppose like more points to discuss next episode so (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're interested in hearing us talk about why we're such horrible friends dysfunctional (laughs) (laughs) join us stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) exactly so with that I think that's all the time we have for today thank you for those that joined us and listened to this episode inshallah in the future they will be um even more structured if you like that but um uh, for Mm. the moment it's just gonna sound like you're just joining us for a coffee talk kind of thing um uh, Mm. thank you huda i hope you have a lovely week ahead (laughs) enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk soon inshallah yeah talk soon inshallah